This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series, our twice weekly show on a Tuesday and a Friday at 5 p.m. UK time. Our Tuesday shows are on joined by a guest, and our Friday shows, of which it is today, it's just me and you talking about Arsenal for the next 45 minutes to 50 minutes or so. Um, and there's lots to talk about. News has been dropped today revolving around Arsenal, of course. We've got some kit news to talk about. We've got David Luiz's future to talk about. And I imagine there's going to be plenty of transfer chat a little bit later on. The key thing about our Friday shows is that you guys are the main focus of conversation. You guys suggest the topics. We answer the questions and we go through as much as we can. I say we because it involves you discussing with each other in the chat box as well so if you've never tuned in for one of these live shows or you're watching on playback make sure you check out one of these live shows at 5 p.m every single friday and tuesday of course we've got plenty of content over the channel as well if this is your first time every single morning at 8 a.m we're doing our transfer update shows and we'll be tactically reviewing every single arsenal player or other arsenal transfer target that gets linked to the club throughout the window and the rest of the season. We've released one today. We released one yesterday in Dembele and Anderson today. And tomorrow we've got one on Max Aarons as well. And I say Aarons because it's not Aarons is something I've learned already in doing the research. It's Max Aarons uh, from, from the horse's mouth. So just don't take my word for it. Take Max Aarons' uh, advice on how to pronounce his surname. But we'll get onto that tomorrow. But welcome. I hope you're good. hope you're well. Let's crack on, of course, as we always do at the start of the show, by massive thanking to our sponsors, Football Prizes, who have a good prize, but there is not long left this week. There is, in fact, just eight tickets left, and there is only two and a half hours left in this prize. Let me refresh, because there may even been some purchases in that time. There hasn't, so you've got eight tickets remaining on a signed Tony Adams shirt with certificate of authenticity. So make sure, if you want to get your hands on that, that you get a ticket before this runs out a little bit later on this evening. And halfway through the show, we will be revealing which one of our members in the Discord server has, of course, won the free entry into the competition as well. So make sure you stick around for that. So 
Let's first of all, first of all, first of all, talk about the kit deal. Let's talk about the actual kit. Let's have a look at the kit, and then we'll go into the intricacies of the debate surrounding the kit deal at the moment. It's it's nice. <laughs> it's the first thing I'll say about it. It's very very nice. Now I. Uh, this season, I've bought the blue away kit with the camo-ish and the blue and uh, pinkish kind of color on it because um, I just liked the design of it. The last few seasons, though, I didn't buy last season's kit. I didn't. Uh, I haven't bought this season's home kit. I didn't buy the bruised banana kit, and I don't think I bought the kit before that. The, the season before that either. And this season was the first time I bought a kit in quite a while. A lot of it came down to the fact that we signed Thomas Partey, which really did kind of convince me to, you know, put my hand in my own pocket because I thought, well, Arsenal's gone out and they signed a mad player. So, you know, fair play. I'm going to stick my hand in my pocket and uh, I, I appreciate that. It's not gone particularly well this season, it's fair to say. And uh, I want to have a chat with you guys, first of all, what you think about the kit. And then... Uh, we will talk about the idea around whether we should buy the kit or not and whether I'm going to buy the kit or not as well. And we'll get on to that. And I will tell you uh, my thoughts around it too, but I want to get your thoughts around the actual kit itself. Let's have a look through some of the pictures that they put on the website for Kaya Saka looking very fresh. Um, I, I do love the colour. Like The colour is great. Um, obviously, we think of Arsenal's away kit, yellow. You go back to the days of yellow, obviously. Um, thinking about the, the the chanting of the songs uh yellow ribbon and going to wembley and winning cups obviously that's not something that's happened this season maybe that's because we didn't have the right color um but what i would say about this kit is that it is very very fresh um i might have to see if i can update some of my graphics uh to use this kit color um especially so that's that's certainly something that I'm going to be interested in in seeing if that's possible to do. Um, but also looking at the kind of the, the trim on it, that I like that there's a hint of red in the away kit. Sometimes you kind of see Arsenal completely lost in away kits because there's no red at all. But I love the fact there's that little red trim um, on the sleeves at the end of the cuffs. That's really nice. And obviously the the navy, the dark navy blue, basically black at this point, is just a perfect color to complement and really highlight it. But the biggest talking point about the kit is obviously the badge. The badge has been taken away and it is just purely the cannon that is on as the crest. And this is something that I know a lot of supporters will really enjoy because for some old school fans, they don't like the new badge. Um, much prefer the old badge, the uh, the crest with the cannon, with the, the checkboard in the background. Um, and I, I don't blame them, to be honest, because the old the old badge was beautiful. Um, and I love retro things anyway, don't get me wrong. But And I love seeing the old styles. And when they brought back the bruised banana kit as well, that was great. And there's rumors that our third kit could be a, a lightning bolt style, which would be unbelievably cool, um, obviously. But what I think about looking at this style of kit is that ultimately what we, we see is it's nostalgic and it's going to want to make people buy this. Um, it's, it's made me want to put my hand in my pocket just seeing it uh, as well. But there are a lot of controversies surrounding it, of course. Now, I want to get your thoughts on the actual kit first um, before we go into kind of the, the controversy surrounding it. Um, Belage says the kit looks decent, but it looks as if the cannon is mounted on the wrong side. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Um, I don't know if, if obviously the direction of the cannon's always been something that's kind of uh, discussed previously um, and what way it is orientated or uh, shown in which direction is something that's 
kind of gone down. Uh, Ansgar says, like the kit, don't have opinion on whether we should buy it. Don't really care either way. Just do you, which is an advice that I am going to talk a little bit about in a bit. James P says, absolutely love it. Uh, Lincoln says, uh, Dave says, but the cannon should be facing the other way. <laughs> As we've talked about, the cannon is facing the wrong way. Chris says, for me, the ownership showed utter con- utter contempt for football fans who they don't have a relationship with. With the Super League, won't be buying the kit and would love to see the common fans unite. Common fans? That's a horrible term. <laughs> unite with their pennies or pounds. Uh, Bouty says, I believe that colour is actually shortbread. Mmm, shortbread. <laughs> uh, Omar says, the kit looks great, in my opinion. Kamer says, how much of a percentage does the club make off the actual shirt sales? That's not actually a, fi- a figure that we are aware of. It's not a publicly known fact um but it's it's a small it's usually in i mean i've seen previous kit deals be in the tens uh of percentages but it's it's, it's only a small percentage because arsenal are getting 300 million pounds across five years straight up from this so 60 million pounds a year from the kit deal that we signed with adidas back in 2020 2019 2020 um which will run out in 2024 25 i believe so that's that, that's how that is um, at the end of the day. Uh, Ashravs, thank you ever so much, mate. Big up, Tom. Good content. Also, hashtag Cronky out, and the kit is fire right now. Mitchell Bowsen says, haven't the club already been paid by the manufacturer or the sponsor? So it doesn't really matter too much. That is certainly going to be uh, a point of discussion in a bit. I mean, I say in a bit. Let's go on to it now. Let's get your thoughts around this situation uh, and about the kit. Because for a lot of people... <sighs> Obviously, putting your hand in your pocket for the Cronkies is not an ideal situation for many. People don't really want to see uh, people doing that. In fact, they really are not keen on kind of the whole idea of of giving the Cronkies money is the way that it's kind of put across at times. I don't know if I, I don't know. It's a really difficult thing to do because in my mind, the biggest thing that you can do if you want to show the kind of abstinence, I suppose, is the right word to use, is just don't go to the games. But football has really suffered, of course, especially in the lower divisions, even more so than the top sides who get a lot more money from TV revenue. But that was always, that seemingly was something to me that the end of the Arsene Wenger era that made a difference. It wasn't people not buying stuff. It was people not going to the games, not going into the ground to watch the team play. Um and that's that for me is probably the biggest thing that will affect decision making processes i don't honestly think that if you if there is enough people not buying a shirt it's going to particularly matter because one arsenal fans are always going to buy the kit because there is arsenal is a global brand at the end of the day and there are going to be fans abroad that will just buy into this um, because it's, they associate themselves with it. Um, and because it's a global brand, it's it's always going to see millions of people from around the world buy into this because it's their it's the connection. They can't go to games, um, which sucks. And it they are just as much of a fan as anyone else. And they can't go to games. And so one of the ways that they can connect with their club is by representing it in what they wear in the merchandise and buying into it and investing themselves in the club by buying into it like that. So that in itself is, is never going to stop people. um, It's never going to stop people buying the shirt. You're never going to have a dent. I don't think you're ever going to see a big enough dent in, in this whatsoever. I also don't like the idea of fans criticizing people who do. 
this is something I'm very not necessarily passionate about, but something that really bugs me is that if someone turns around and says, oh, I'm, I'm going to get the shirt or they tweet saying that's a great shirt, can't wait to buy it. And then you see people replying to them saying, what are you doing? Why are you buying the shirt? You're meant to be like supporting the club. You're meant to be against the Cronkies. Oh, so you must be Cronky in then if you're buying the shirt. Don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. It's a person's choice if they want to buy the kit. You can still be Cronky out and buy a kit. Like it's, it's a piece of clothing. Like don't go to that level where you're <laughs> publicly criticizing people for buying shirts because it doesn't fall in line with your own way of showing your abstinence from the, the ownership. If you if you are cronky out, go to the protests, post your things online. If that's the way that you want to show it, show it. If you want to show your annoyance at the ownership, then don't buy the shirt if that's the way that you want to do it. But don't go and criticize people that want to go and buy the shirt if they want to. It's their decision. It's their choice. They can do what they want. If you want to encourage people not to buy it, then maybe put a tweet out saying, I personally am not buying the shirt. I would encourage you to do so. You're welcome to your choice, but I would encourage you not to. Just spread your message in that way. But don't start tweeting people and going, what are you doing? Which I have seen today already. It's the amount of people that have just jumped onto their social medias and started to say, like, you should all not buy the kit. It's not you should all. You should be tweeting, I'm deciding not to buy I'm decided that I'm not going to buy the kit. And if you don't want to buy the kit, that's up to you. But I'm not going to do it in my own way of showing my anger and irritance toward the ownership. And I think I used to think this way previously. I think that my view was, and I think I said it on the pod a few years back, that if you didn't buy it, like one of the ways to hurt them was to not buy the merchandise. Don't do it. And I remember saying on the pod, like, don't go, don't go and buy the kit. Don't do it. Don't go and do that because you're only going to be helping them. And I look back on that and going, I, I don't agree with me saying that back then. I, and I think I was wrong to say it back then. And that's what you always talk about on this show. It's absolutely fine to change your mind on things. So absolutely, you if you want to buy the kit, go and buy the kit. It's as simple as that. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Uh, and then we'll get some more thoughts. And then we'll go on to the next topic. Um Love the all yellow kit, says social. Matthew Hudson says, I can't even put my hand in my pocket for myself. Even the knockoff kits are hundreds of dollars. That, that is something, obviously, that is a big criticism. They are very expensive. You can get a kit here. It's going to cost you about 70 quid to get it here because it's £65 plus four ninety five shipping, I think, in the UK. So it's going to cost you a hell of a lot to buy it anywhere, especially abroad, and you've got to get it shipped out there um, and different fees and stuff like that. But that, kits are always so expensive. I mean, I love, when I go on holiday, one of the kind of rituals about going on holiday to anywhere is usually I get a kit of the team that I'm going to visit. So this, if my holiday does go ahead this year in July, I'm hoping that I'm going to get down to San Sebastian and I might be able to get a Real Sociedad kit, which is going to be quite cool. That's the plan. We'll see if it happens. Um, but I mean, I've been to Florence and I've got a Fiorentina kit, um, Barcelona. I went to Barcelona. I, I'm not a big fan of Barcelona. So when I went to Barcelona, I got a Spain kit, which I know is very kind of politically controversial <laughs> considering Catalonia. But I then did go out and get an Espanol kit, who are my Spanish side for all intents and purposes. It's just something that's become a thing. Went to Lisbon, got a sport in Lisbon kit. Like it's it's just part of a ritual. And, and and that's I think is also it links into kind of Arsenal kits in general is that if your way and what you do is if your ritual of supporting Arsenal is that you buy the kit every single season or you buy all three kits every single season fair play 
<laughs> absolutely fair play i've got a few friends who do that i've got people who've collected kits from like the 1970s all the way through to now i'm sure there's people that have gone back even further from every single season it's it's crazy um and it's it's great to see that people have been able to do that um and and get hold of them because they used to be i mean back in the, those days it was incredibly difficult to get hold of kits at times because they weren't as well obviously mass produced but now they are um, and you've been able to get like remakes of the, the old ones so people could maybe fill the gaps in their in their collections. So yeah, amazing stuff uh, that have managed to get hold of the kits every single year. And if that's your thing, fair play. Do your thing. Um, Omar says, if you want to buy it, buy it. It is a free world at the end of the day. Chris Gura says, agreed, Arsenal is a global brand, but here in the US trying to stand in support of the measures protesters in the UK are doing, I can only boycott buying the kit post online or cancel tv subscriptions which is also fair enough tv obviously is another big thing that is the fans are being screwed over pretty much by at the moment with the amount of prices that we're paying 14.95 to watch a single game over lockdown at one point crazy how we are being milked of our money um Hemant says the cronkies have not taken out any dividends unlike the glazers uh that's not true um they have previously uh, I don't think it's happened for a while. Uh, I might be wrong. Anyone in the, who's in the know in the chat is going to let me know, but I'm pretty sure. I know they did it in 2014, I think. I mean, Swiss Ramble will know, but I'm not sure it's happened for a little bit, but they have done in the past because they used to take out the old 3 million uh, here and there. But I'm not sure it's happened during the Adidas tenure. So they haven't taken out many money in that sense as of yet uh asraf says uh, the kit is great but it doesn't matter as the players wearing it don't deserve to wear it which is fair enough if we had the players that are same caliber and level as this kit we would win the league facts uh, no sleep says not buying the kit won't affect the cronkies pocket now but come the renewal it could also fan media has a massive international influence now we have seen if if it comes to a point where a whole fan base can collectively unite Sometimes it can have an impact. We've seen it with Manchester United uh, recently. They had a 200 million uh, advertisement for their training kit. So it was, I can't remember what it was called. It was something hut. It wasn't Pizza Hut. <laughs> it was another hut uh, that pulled out of a 200 million pound deal from their training kit um, because of the, the fan backlash and the protests and stuff like that. So it does show that there can be an impact, but I just feel like there's always going to be someone that's going to take that place. And I mean, with the the, the kit manufacturers as well, Arsenal is is such a, a marketable brand. Uh, marketable brands. I mean, if you look at the fact that it's the third highest kit deal, I think, in the world behind Barcelona and Man United, unless Liverpool's new one has overtaken it. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's the third highest uh, in kit deals. So is it's, it's, it, we know that and that they're going to buy into that because of they know people are going to buy the kit it's as simple as that um here we go um alexander says i will only be buying a kit if the owner invests if they will i will very simple and that's also something that i mean i've done that in the past as i said already when we signed thomas Partey, that was my cue and i went out and and bought the blue kit last season because i really liked it and uh, but i didn't until that point i don't know if i'm gonna do the same thing this season i'm really really tempted right now to get this new yellow one because it's just so nice um but yeah it's uh it's going to be interesting to see kind of what way people go uh if they choose to buy it, if they abstain if they're going to wait until they see some investment one of the things that people do is obviously i usually end up waiting until the end of the window just because if i get a name on the back which is not something i've done in the last two kits i used to always get a player's name on the back but the last two kits the red one from about th two three seasons ago i didn't and the blue one this season i didn't get a name and number on the back either i 
just didn't end up happening. So uh, I might do, I might not. I really kind of like want to get Smith-Rowe on the back, but my worry is that if you get Smith-Rowe too early, you'll get the number 32 and then he might get the number 10 shirt next season. So who knows at this stage? I'm going to hold fire, I think, if I do end up buying on a kit and maybe get it done up the Emirates uh, with the name put on properly uh, when it comes to getting it later on. Um Okay, so that's that kind of brings to a, an end on the uh, kit side of things. Now, let's talk about some of the news that has dropped today about this guy, uh, David Luiz. Of course, uh, he has been at the club now for this is his second season, and it has been confirmed that he is going to be leaving the club at the end of this current season. He's not going to be signing a new deal, and apparently had Arsenal even offered him one, he wasn't going to accept it anyway. He has made the decision himself that it is the right time to move on from the club, which is completely fair enough. Uh, And I want to know in the chat box if you think this is the right decision. Do you think that this is a good thing for Arsenal? Do you want to see David Luiz move on? If so, why? Let me know in the chat box. And ultimately, do you think this is going to be a good thing for the club? Because Arsenal do need to improve defensively. But the ironic thing is that David Luiz has probably been one of our most missed players whilst he's been out injured because he's been one of our really good players in the second half of this season. His passing has been excellent. His defensive abilities have been really good. And it was only the game against Wolves where the, the chaos happened with Jose, uh, William Jose that we lost him um, in that match. And we obviously lost that game. And that three points that we were on for could have a huge difference at the end of this season, as could a lot of other points that we've dropped because of mistakes from VAR and from the officials so it's another discussion <laughs> I'm not salty at all but it's, uh, it's it's probably the right choice in my view I think that you're looking at someone like William Saliba being able to be brought through this season that's going to be really important for us um, let's have a look uh, as Gladiator says why is he wearing the new kit now these are obviously done a lot away in advance Um I did find it funny. I mean, Nketiah is wearing it. What I think is good is that I think a lot of people that may have used this as a story to say that Nketiah is obviously going to be here next season. Nketiah is also one of the players that is in the pictures. Uh, Let me just find it. There he is. Um, There are players that are wearing the kit that it does not mean they are going to be here next season. It's just part of their contracts and part of being in the club that they will show off um, the kit. So don't worry about that. That's just part of contractual obligations. Um, VM says, Louise has been good this season, but we need to aspire for more and step away from the players prone to individual errors. More chance to bring through Saliba. Social says, yeah, he needs to move on. We need to give time to the likes of Gabriel and Saliba next year as a pair, plus Mavropanos and Marie, maybe as them being backup dancers. Um, Alexander, very simply, as a message from Mikhail, who says, start Saliba. <laughs> Ed says, I wouldn't have minded him as a part-time player slash coach, but it's probably the time to move on. I think he is now 34, um, and so that is obviously a very senior age for a defender, and he might end up going somewhere like into Miami or the MLS. I hope he does end up in the MLS. I think he deserves to play another couple of seasons before retiring. And I think he will turn into a, a decent coach. I think that's that's something that he might want to go into. He, we know how influential he's been in the dressing room. So maybe that can be something that he goes into, whether that's at Arsenal or Chelsea or somewhere else. We'll have to wait and see. Indonil says, right decision for him to move, but fair play to him. He's been a huge influence with the young players and has really been good in certain big games, especially 
the FA Cup winning run. Ansgar says, I'm still doubtful about this. If this happens, I'm fine with it, but it could have been good to have him stay, in my opinion. Saliba needs time, but we need a mentor. Zemir says he will probably uh, he'll probably be a player coach at Chelsea with Czech. I mean, Czech's not uh, anything to do with coaching. He's behind the scenes kind of doing an Edu-esque kind of role, I think um he's not it's not a specific kind of edu role but i know he's behind the scenes and doing some technical stuff uh as raf says david louise was our best center back this season good player and i will miss his leadership and passion however as claude will say it's time to go as saliba needs to play tom you always speak thanks thank you ever so much very much appreciate the support as always i do agree with you i think it is probably the right time he does need to move on. Chris says, so our most experienced centre-back is holding. Louise leaving is probably right. How do you replace that experience? It's really tough, Chris, and it's a really good point. And I was having a discussion on Twitter. I will give this person credit because um, we were having a chat. Let me just find it. It was Connor at Connor AFC1 on Twitter. We were talking about um, the likes of players that you could bring in, and we brought up the fact that Thiago Silva has obviously gone to Chelsea and his experience and his quality has done really well. You've got players out there like uh, Jerome Boateng, for example, or of course Sergio Ramos at Real Madrid. Both of those players at Bayern and Real are having their contracts expire. We don't know what's going with the future. What we do know about Sergio Ramos is that he wants a two-year deal. Now, is it right to give a 35-ish-year-old a two-year contract? I'm not so sure, but what we do know is Ramos is an, an unbelievably good player. Um it, it could be an inspired signing to bring him in for a year or two, but it's, you know, it's, there's always a huge risk that comes with these deals. It could be a, um, it could be a Thiago Silva. It could be a William. You just don't know when you sign players of a certain age. Um, Christopher Smith says it makes no sense to play a 34 year old when you have a 27 million pound option waiting in the wings. Uh, all the best. Uh, Noel says, let's not forget Louise was something, uh, somewhat of a panic buy after the whole Koscielny saga. He certainly was. Came in, did Louise things, good and bad, and we'll miss his vertical progression. I, I think, to be honest, he has been a successful signing. He cost us 8 million quid plus add-ons and wages. But I think he's paid that back, to be honest. I think that the amount that we paid for him, I mean, he's arguably been better than Koscielny in his last two years. Like Koscielny's last two years at Arsenal in comparison to David Luiz's last two years, um, I think that Luiz has probably eclipsed that in what he's provided because Koscielny's injury issues that he faced during that time, the fact we replaced him with Luiz, I think is is certainly a positive step for the club and it was actually ended up being an okay signing for us. We all wanted an upper Meccano, don't get me wrong. Uh, and we probably should have pushed harder to get that deal done when we could have done. And now he's at a stage where he's going to be going off to Bayern Munich. But he came in, 8 million, got on with it. He made mistakes, cost us penalties, got red cards. Yes, but there are a lot of games where he was very good. Uh, and he was definitely influential in us winning the FA Cup last season. Those performances against Chelsea and against Man City in the semi final as well were huge for Arsenal. Uh, and he was a, definitely a defining figure in that team and in that dressing room also. So there you go. Um, that brings us to the halfway point of today's show, which does mean that we're going to reveal which one of our Discord members has won the free ticket into today's draw for the signed Tony Adam shirt. Uh, whilst we are doing this, uh, please make sure you start getting your random Q&A questions into the chat box because we are going to be uh, we're going to be going through plenty of your questions in just a second. Let's see how many people ended up entering in the last minute. I did this quite last minute on the Discord server. So thank you everyone that did tune in. 
Um, so you had the choice to be able to just buy a ticket if you wanted to on the website. Uh, I think there's a few more left. The link to the, the website is in the description. But our members in our Discord server had the chance to get a free ticket. And there are 17 of you. So let's just enter 17. Let me just share the screen with you so you can see it. Here we go. Um, so I'm going to click this five times. And then on a fifth number, they are going to win the ticket for the prize draw. So here we go. One, two, three, four, and five number 16 is the winner and that is jared carver and i'm very happy that jared carver has won this because jared carver this week or last week got engaged so that's fantastic so congratulations to jared carver um on that one there's your little engagement present from us congratulations to jared that's fun i'm really happy about that that's great um as if what are the chances of that happening so congratulations to jared he has won the free entry into this week's prize draw for the tony adams shirt he has actually won uh one of these prizes in the past he didn't win it through this but he won a signed dennis bergkamp shirt on uh football prizes and he's that's that hangs up proudly on his wall um so fingers crossed he can add to that with maybe a tony adams shirt as well so congratulations to jared and of course again congratulations jared on your engagement wish you all the best mate as you enter married life i'm going to be joining you very soon next year as well um so it is time for questions q a session starts now so get your questions in and we're going to go for as many of them as feasibly possible before the end of the show so let's crack on with the first one try and use the capital q in the chat because it really helps them stand out um and uh, i can pick them out easier here we go uh wilson which kind of links on to our show that we did earlier on today, uh, our 8 a.m. transfer daily shows uh, go out at 8 a.m., so make sure you tune in for those. But Wilson says, why the hell are Arsenal offering Lacazette a one-year contract? Are you serious? Um, I am very serious, Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I am, and I think that it's the right decision. Um, I think that this is a position that if you were to ask me what are my priorities this summer uh, and where do I kind of place the striking position, there are a number of roles in the team that I'm putting above this. I'm putting backup left back, backup goalkeeper, central midfield, arguably two central midfield positions, depending on what we do with the likes of Joe Willock and Elneny, etc. Attacking midfield and maybe even a wide forward, possibly. Certainly right back is above striker. And because there's so many key positions in the team that for me are above striker, I want to see us invest in those areas. Because I think that Lacazette is an is, is a fine strike. He's better. I was about to say he's okay. He's better than okay. His goal to game ratio is over one one in two games, which is really strong for a season where we've been awful and we've barely created anything. So a guy that's going going to be thirty one when he finishes this one year extension. Of course, he will then have one year left on his deal. Going from thirty to thirty one really is not uh, a massive issue for me at all. For a style of striker that Lacazette is, you're not going to see a decline in that year like you would do for someone of the age of say, and the, some of the style of someone like Bamiang. Ironically, it's a completely different kettle of fish. Um, and I don't really see too many options out there that I would bring in that are going to have a massive impact um, that's greater than him, and not then block someone like Balogun from getting minutes. I feel like if you go out and you sign, say, a 23 or 25-year-old striker in that younger 20s age bracket that comes in and is arguably a little bit better than Lacazette, what then happens to Balogun? You keep Lacazette, you gradually give Balogun more minutes, and he gets into the team and does as well as he can. It's as simple as that for me, to be honest. 
So I hope that answers your question. Um, let's go on to the next one. Cayman Guna says, Arsenal are targeting a right-sided centre-back. If slash when Saliba comes back, will he be depth or a starter in your opinion? I, I feel like at the beginning, he is going to be used sporadically. But if he has an amazing pre-season, you may see him get a start more often. He's been brilliant for Nice for his age and for the context of his situation. He's been great. Um, he's still raw, though. He's still got errors in him. He still needs to mature in certain areas. But he has shown to be a leader in that Nice back line, which is very strong. He's, or if we, if you watch our Joachim Anderson tactical breakdown, we actually do a lot of statistical comparisons between Anderson, Mavropanos, Holding, and, uh, and Saliba as well. So make sure you check that out. Um, but in terms of where I think he comes in, I think the idea is that he's going to integrate into the first team. He's going to be playing in the first team and we're going to try and use him as much as possible next season. So I am looking forward to seeing Saliba back in the team and getting some minutes as much as feasibly possible. Uh, Mr. Joe Kerr, another one of our fantastic members, I should say, says, who actually upgraded, uh, upgraded his membership the other day. So thank you, Joe. Much appreciate the support as always. Uh, he says, should we look to convert all potential sales into direct replacements this season? or bank a possible profit for future proofing. With regards to lacquer, you know my opinion. Um, it's an interesting question in regards to, say, if you sell off all of the players that I think that we should, Genduzi, Torreira, Maitland-Niles, Bellerin, uh, maybe even Leno at this point, uh, El Nenny. You look at other players in the pitch. I'm trying to think of more. Kalasanac is, is, is should go. Willian, if you can get a sale for him, obviously you would do that too. Nelson and Ketia. If you can get sales for these guys and get the money in, I think personally it's not about just going like one for one and Ketia out, backup striker in, Kalasanac out, backup left back in, although that is an area that I would certainly look at. Um, I think it's about getting as much money as you can for those players, assessing what you need as a squad. And then regardless of who you've let go, target those positions that you've that we need. Backup keeper, backup left back, centre mid, centre attack in midfield. Like all of these areas need addressing. Right back um, is another area too. So that that's the way I'd tackle it. I don't think it's about going for player for player. I think it's about get as much money as you can in and work at pushing into kind of upgrading on those key positions in the team. Um, let's scroll down and get some newer questions. If I have skipped past yours, keep throwing them into the chat and we'll try and get round to them. I can't tackle all of them in the time that we've got available, unfortunately, but keep pushing them through and maybe it will get answered. Um, Gladiator Scoops says, uh, Tom, do you think that Dunk would be a good shout? For what he lacks in pace, he makes up for in positional sense and leadership. Sounds like Per Mertesacker. Just don't know how good he is playing out from the back and that will be the biggest question, uh, Gladiator. It, will be, it really will be. Um, I also know that Brighton are going to want a decent-sized fee. They rejected a £40 million-ish figure from Leicester a while back. I know his contract has diminished since then, but it would still cost a fair amount, I think. Um, I think if you're going to sign a centre-back, you need to be smart about it. You need to be looking at ones whose contracts are coming to an end, who are really experienced, in my view, because we've already got a lot of young players and an experienced player in that position could be really important for us. So I'm not sure I'd go for Dunk, because um, I think the price might be a little bit too high for what else we need to do in the market. Um Noel says, not a question, um, but Martinelli just got picked to represent Brazil at the Olympics. That's amazing. Is that uh, is that true? Let me just have a quick check. Not that I doubt you, but of course it is always best to get uh, the right uh, news about this. I can't see anything uh, on this at the moment. Let me just... Is it not coming up on like, official uh, news? Um, 
I can't see anything that's come up. Uh, let's see if there's any news in the last 24 hours. But if that's true, then great. I actually can't see anything about Martinelli and the Olympics. Let me just go on to Twitter, see if there's anything coming up on there. Martinelli Olympics. Uh, James Benj looks like Gabriel and Gabriel Martinelli are firmly in the mix uh, for the Tokyo Olympics, which starts right in the middle of the preseason. Oh, great. Um, but that's good news um, for him uh, personally, definitely. So that's great. Um, I think it's a good thing that he gets those minutes and he's going to get that time. Fantastic stuff. Fair play to the kid. He deserves it. 100% deserves it. Um, Mr. Joker, thank you ever so much for the donation, mate. It says best for all the move. Uh, he's been incredible. Yeah, he's, I, I don't know what we're talking about. I think we're talking about Louise there. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Going back. Um, this is why I scroll past Super Chats too quickly and I miss what the context is. Cayman says, right, got an interview with uh, who? Thanks as always, Tom. And smash a like. Who is that? I mean, is that a different sport? I don't know who that is. <laughs> You'll have to let me know in the Discord server, mate, because I have no idea who that is. But thank you for the support, mate. Uh, as Raf says, uh, who should Arsenal realistically sign this summer? Ah, oh, the classic question. Uh, in my opinion, we should be looking to sign Basuma and Aaron's, uh, Buendia, Ryan. Uh, and Ryan Bertrand uh, as well. I think that's, I mean, if we ended up in a summer where we've signed Basuma, Aaron's, Buendia, Ryan, as in Matt Ryan and Bertrand, I'd be very happy with that because it means Arsenal have gone out and done what they don't do and go out and sign actual talent from within England who aren't surplus to requirements, but are actually really valued by their squads. Buendia and Aaron's are obviously huge starts for Norwich and would improve our team. Basuma, of course, we know all about from Brighton. Matt Ryan, although he's not a, necessarily a starter with how good Sanchez has been for Brighton, he has obviously been very competent when he's played for us and he was only coming in as a backup, which is good. And Ryan Bertrand, we know that Southampton wanted to keep him um, and he's there starting right back. And I think that with a with a being a free transfer, I think is a very smart move. So I think that's absolutely fine, mate. If we if we're thinking about someone like Sander Berger's worth, he is available for the small fee that supposedly he is. Even on top of someone like Basuma, I think is a really good piece of business to do. But yeah, I can't deter far from your suggestions there, Azraf. So I think you've got it pretty much spot on. Um, it's an IT firm, apparently, Cap Gemini. There you go. I, I don't know. Um, but good luck, K Maguna, <laughs> with whatever interview it is. Good luck. I hope you do well. Uh, Arjit says, Tom, looking at facts that Lacquer and Alba are bad together would either be really uh, would either be really be happy to be benched for a few games. Shouldn't we go for a target man instead with whom a Bamiyang can play uh, with at left wing? Um I understand what you're saying, and I saw your comment on one of the other videos actually about this. The argument that Aubameyang and Lacazette can't play together is an argument to say that, well, maybe we should get rid of Lacazette and just bring in someone who could play with. I don't think it's worth it. I think that whilst they struggle to play together, we don't have to play both of them in the same team. Like You don't have to. One being benched is is not a problem. It really isn't an issue for me. And if they've got an issue with it, then they're the ones that shouldn't have signed their contracts and they, they're employees of the club and they just got to play to the best of their abilities. It doesn't bother me in any way because if we sign someone, you've still got a Bamiyang here who is mainly a striker. He's been used more at striker this season than he has on the wings. And so for that reason, I don't think it's a, it would change too much if you sold Lacazette and brought in another striker. I don't think it would change the dynamic of rotation or benching too much, to be honest. Um 
Let's scroll down a bit more. P. Trim says, how good is Sanderberg? I haven't seen him much. I am planning on doing a tactical breakdown on him, P. Trim. Don't worry. I just need to try and get hold of the expert insight for that. If you do know any Norwegian football experts that you think are going to be good or Sheffield United content creators, then get in touch um, because we'll definitely be needing the help to find some because it's it's always good. I I get quite a few people sending me um suggestions of people to come on the shows for tactical breakdowns so i appreciate all the help that you guys give so please do you can find us on twitter at the guna talk tv obviously you can leave a comment on the video but give us some suggestions about who we should talk to iron cub says tom thoughts on vestergaard the danish center back at southampton uh as you know i've been wanting him for a year you have iron i know that you've been throwing him into chat boxes for quite a while now uh he's obviously someone that i think is a different player to what we've currently got at the club um he's got that physical presence He's very consistent and he does well for Southampton. I just, I, I don't know if it's the right position because I think that we do need to push Saliba in. I think we need to give him that opportunity. Um, and I feel like he would cost a fair amount of money, Vestergaard. And I just think that if you're going to spend money on positions, right-sided centre-back is not for me a position that we need to. If you're desperate to bring in cover, Go out and get someone that's that contract is expiring, like a Boateng or a Ramos. Go and go and do that. Don't go and get a, a player that is that's that's going to cost you a fair chunk of money in a window where we you know what we're like with our money. So we got to think about that. Um, Omar says, any under the radar players we could sign this summer? Off the top of your head, I've been banging on about Mikel Moreno from Real Sociedad for a while. I don't know if you describe him as under the radar, but I think he's someone that people should look at um noah katavach um from uh cologne the german left back 20 year olds uh, he's breaking into some of the youth national sides he's someone to look at uh, another player that more people will know more about Rydal baku at wolfsburg is another interesting player that people should also look at i'll talk about Enoch and wepu from red bull salzburg as a 23 year old central midfielder that can play in multiple positions is tall imposing uh, really, really solid in the midfield. He's versatile. He's intelligent on the ball. Players like that. Um, Rohan says Danny Olmo, who I wouldn't say is an under-the-radar player because he's a Spanish international playing at RB Leipzig in the Champions League, but he is a player that I like very much. So, yeah, that is definitely something. Social says, would you get Curtis Shaw on here to be a guest on the channel? Yeah, I've been on with Curtis before. I was on, um, was it? I think I was on with Dan on the same old Arsenal with Curtis. And, yeah. I, we got on very well, so I don't know why. We had a, a chat or two on, on Twitter. So, yeah, I'll, I'll drop him a DM social and we'll see what he says. Um, Ed says, would it be beneficial to bring in a veteran assist coach for the in-game advice to Arteta's subs mainly, uh, a semi-retired ex-head man who Arteta would respect but not be intimidated by? Uh, this has come up a lot, Ed, with people talking about do we need to restructure our backroom staff because they feel there are a few yes-men in there or they're not really of, of the required quality. We did bring in quite a few like kind of young uh, coaches, of course. I think one was from Atletico Madrid. Is it Cueta or Cuesta? Uh, one of the young coaches. And maybe he did that because he wanted other young coaches that would see him as a respected figure and they wouldn't try and undermine him anyway with their own experience. Maybe it's worth bringing someone in. But I think that, I think obviously when you've got the likes of Steve Bold in the youth setup and you've got Edu on the on the technical side of things, Richard Garlic is coming in from the Premier League to be our kind of head of football oper- head of football operations or head of football administration or something like that um, in that position. So that's more experience there too. I, I don't I don't know if it's going to be, it might be beneficial. To say it wouldn't be beneficial would probably be naive, but I don't know if it's, 
it's something that we're interested in or worth doing or who there would be to go and get. So it's tough. Um, but I think it's not a bad shout, Ed, whatsoever. Um, Belage says, what do you think of getting John Stones? Um, no, he's not going anywhere. Uh, I would take him, um, but he's not going to go anywhere. He's going to sign a contract extension. They would be mad not to because he's had a brilliant season for them. And Guardiola's turned him into a, a hell of a player again. We were linked with him about a year ago. Uh, not last was it last summer or the summer before last and the amount of people that turned their noses up at John Stones same to how many people turned their noses up at Johnny Evans silly now very very silly now um, Jack Webb says how would you rate David Luiz's overall time at the club I'd give it a, probably a 6.5 to 7 out of 10 first season's probably around the 5 this season's more around the 7 um, so yeah 6.5 6, 6.5 7 around that figure out of 10 is probably what I'd go for um tom says in a certain Lionel messi available on a free this summer <laughs> uh drizzy i mean obviously i was going to answer this question uh any salzburg players that you would take right now yes drizzy i would take plenty of them <laughs> uh there's quite a few that i would take pats and daka i would take i'd take as i've already mentioned in knock and wepu uh i would take christiansen uh, at right back uh who else do I like um, Aronson, the American international? He's he's he could become the next Zoboslai for Salzburg. Aronson, so he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, Brendan Aronson came from Portland Timbers. No, not Portland Timbers. Um, Philadelphia Union is where he came from because I interviewed Matt Freeze, who is their goalkeeper, and we were having a chat about him. And he's yeah, it's very highly rated. And interestingly, like Philadelphia Union, like a lot of MLS clubs from the ones I've spoken to, are very kind of supportive of players going to um, abroad and helping that happen. I mean, you've seen Joe Scally go from New York City FC to Borussia Mönchengladbach, and they were very kind of happy. I mean, they they put a whole video out about how good it was that one of their players was going to play for a top club in Europe. MLS teams are very welcoming of this. So it's a market that Arsenal, I think, do need to look at. There's a few players that obviously moved over to Europe already. You've seen uh, Brian Reynolds move from FC Dallas. I think he went to Roma in the end. Uh, you've got lots of really good players. You've seen so many good players go to MLS and some players kind of revitalize their careers, like Josef Martinez at Atlanta. Uh, was out most of last season with a big injury, but was someone that certainly earned a lot of respect back on his career. You look how good Carlos Vela has been out there. And I think some people use Carlos Vela as an example to criticise the MLS and say, look, look, if he's that good out there, and he couldn't cut it here. But actually, Carlos Vela was very good at Real Sociedad for a fair amount of time. Uh, he and Antoine Griezmann played together and were very good for Real Sociedad. So it's not about the fact that the league is is worse off it still is i still think it's a championship level kind of overall quality league maybe even slightly towards the lower end of that and it's gradually improving but it's still a very young league and it's still improving a hell of a lot over time and its youth production is coming becoming much much better uh and also you look at uh the csl the canadian super league that's been started up in canada they now have teams within that, that they can help find Canadian talent. I mean, the amount of Canadian talent that's now coming through, Jonathan David, Alvonso Davies, um, Theo Corbiano at, uh, at Wolves, who obviously I've, I've spoken to and he's, he's scored his first senior goal for Canada just in the last international break. There's, there's loads coming through. Um, so I, I really am enjoying keeping track of North American soccer um, and uh, I'm following how it's getting on and seeing some of the players come through. I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I hope you forgive that, Drizzy. So there you go. Um, 
Lucky Pro 21 says, do you think Brendan Rodgers would be a good option to replace Arteta? If we are going to replace him, obviously Rodgers would be a good option, but I just don't think it's realistic. The only way that we get him is if his ego overtakes him and he thinks that he can do a good job at Arsenal. That's the only way. Social says, what do you think of Okonkwo, our uh, youth goalkeeper? Um, do you think he deserves to be at least second Second choice, I think, is a bit of a stretch. I would say uh, third choice. I think Runnison, get rid ASAP as soon as possible give that position to a homegrown player put him in the squads a conquo is that guy he's been in and around the team for a while he's been used as the third man for a bit or the 26th man as it's described in the stands for a bit and now he's obviously been in the Europa League squads quite a lot um but yeah 100 percent uh he should be third choice for Arsenal next season and uh start giving him some chances in the league cup so there you go um as <laughs> miss says, I heard Tom Gallagher can put in a shift. Maybe we should try him out, mate. Not with my knee and ankles. That's that is for damn sure. Uh, FT Music says, "What about Seiku Koita? He is a beast. Yes, he's banned at the moment for uh, Salzburg. He's not playing until the end of the season. So he did very well before that, um, but he has faced some controversial issues recently." Um, Hovik says, "Which two or three academy players would you promote to the first team?" Obviously, Balogun is one. Um, that's an obvious choice. Aziz is is the other one, and then it's your third one. It's it's who do you who do you think in the team? And I think this also goes for some of the players that have been going on loan. Your Ballard, your McGuinnesses, these guys. I want to see McGuinness and Ballard given a chance in some League Cup games next season. Uh, give them a spot in the first team, get them a chance. Uh, Catalan Kurjan, the Romanian midfielder, is also one to keep your eye on. Joe Lopez has got into the first team squad in the Europa League before. Um, I'm absolutely gutted for Jordan Osei Tutu, who went on loan to Cardiff this season because he's had so many injury problems. And he really was doing well when he went on loan in Germany to Bochum. He did really well for the German side. He's gone to Cardiff to really get that move that we thought was going to be the move that would be the make or break, basically. If he had a really good season at Cardiff, he could have promoted himself into the first team as a backup option for us. But he's been so injured that it's absolutely cutting for him. Uh, Noel points out Kido Taylor-Hart, another really good player that we're hopefully going to tie down to a new contract. He's, I think his deal actually may run out at the end of this season. So it is a quite a pressing matter that the club do need to, to get on board with. Um, so there you go. Uh, Azraf says, Tom, who do you think we should replace uh, with Leno? Uh, for me, it's Ariola from PSG. Uh, I think Ariola's out, not Leon. Um, and Mike Magnon from Lille. Uh, I think Magnon will end up going to AC Milan and Donnarumma is going to end up going to somewhere like Juventus, which means that Wojciech Szczesny could be available. Uh, a few other names have been on the radar. You think of Unai Simon uh, from Athletic Club in Spain. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that really catches my eye. Um <laughs> Galashi, I like RB Leipzig, but that's only because I'm a Red Bull lover. <laughs> to be honest, the funny thing is, I don't even like the drink. It's the, it's the weirdest thing about my Red Bull obsession of their clubs. Um, who else? And Nana, obviously, we've been, thank you, uh, Nezk, for that. Uh, we've been linked to him. Uh, so there you go. Maybe he is one to look at, but it depends on his appeal, which is happening next month for his doping ban that he's on. It is a, if you haven't looked into the story of Onana, it is a little amusing. I do feel sorry for him. 
Um, but he did take his uh, other halves medicine by mistake when he was feeling ill. He says it was by mistake, or I don't know what it was, but it contained a bad substance, um, which means he, he was then banned. So there you go. Uh, Noel says he likes Meslier, uh, which is obviously a very interesting one. Uh, Carol Bailey says Nick Pope. It's not, I've said this before. Nick Pope is not a bad shout. Is is distribution, I would question, but is no doubt in my mind he's a very good goalkeeper. Uh, Vinay says, hey, Tom, hope you're doing great, but what is your opinion on our defenders? Because in my opinion, I think we need a fast and pacey defender like Liverpool. I mean, Saliba is very mobile. That is for damn sure. He is someone that's going to add a little bit of pace to our defence. We need to be bringing in a right back that adds that pace. Aaron's could be one. Uh, Baku, uh, Baku, um, Rydal, oh, what's his name? Is it? Am I being an idiot? Um, his name's escaped me. Someone will tell me. Wolfsburg right back. I said it earlier on. It's Rydal something. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> it's completely gone out of my head. Someone tell me in the chat. They're going to be going crazy about that in a second. Um, Babu is another one, uh, obviously, at Wolfsburg as someone. Emerson has is, is got a lot of pace in him as well from Real Betis. Back up left back, I want to see someone like Owen, um, uh, Owen Vindal from RZ Alkmaar. Uh, it is Baku. I thought it was. Yeah, I was right, wasn't I? I don't know why. I, just, I had Baku and then I had nightmares of the Europa League final. So I just thought it wasn't that for some reason. Um, so there you go. Uh, Lopez from Roma. Uh, you're talking about Paul Lopez, who obviously used to play for Spurs at one point. I, he used to be in goal for Espanyol um, for a bit and he was all right in Spain. But he, is, he has got an error in him. I'm not as keen on, on Paul Lopez. Uh, Aslan says, before any major record signings this summer, do you think if we could raid Leicester City's recruitment department or scouts, would that be a wiser move? Of course, if you can go and get. We are looking to bring some more scouts in. Um, so if you can get anyone in from Leicester, of course, that's a good idea for Arsenal, obviously. Um, Iron Cub says, Tom, I don't think Brendan Rodgers would survive the shift from Leicester's recruitment to ours. His heart would give in. Uh, Zamir says, Vinny uh, did a video on the centre-backs this morning and the right-backs yesterday. Um, feel free to check this out. Uh, did we? Uh, oh, we did. You're right. <laughs> we looked, obviously, we've looked at uh, Anderson and we have looked at right-backs previously. Too. We are going to be looking at right-backs tomorrow. So make sure you check out uh, our video on Max Aaron's, our tactical breakdown on him. So that's going to be coming out tomorrow. Uh, Graham Wright, uh, Graham Wright, Graham Yates says, what about Pedro Porro? Uh, he's a right-back. He's been at Sporting um, on loan from Man City. He has a release clause. He spent some time as well at Girona. That's where I become um, aware of of Pedro Porro. Uh, he's forced his way into the Spanish national team as well. He is someone I like. Uh, do you remember anyone that played football index? A friend of mine when I used to be a teacher uh, told me about that and he was the player that I actually invested in and then I forgot all my login details. So I think I put 20 quid on him and I don't know what happened to it. But I know that anyone who invested in football index is screwed anyway. So I'm not going to be looking for it. <laughs> but he was the player that I invested in. So yeah, uh, that's a funny story. Um, Osman says, Radul Baku, he's a fabulous right back slash midfielder. He's better than Aaron's, Lamptey and Emerson. Beside Partey, I would like to see a Locatelli uh, for a Sassuolo or a Roman Yeremchuk from Ghent up front. Carrasco. I think the time's probably gone now on Carrasco uh, and Grealish, if possible. Chev uh, says Dumfries from PSV. I'm not as keen on Dumfries. I don't think he, he has the mobility that we necessarily need. And I, I just, mm, I have a lot of questions. Uh, just a lot of questions about him, to be honest. 
Um, Asraf says Tom's football knowledge is great. I mean, mate, it's arguably it's embarrassing, is what it is, rather than I just watched and know too much about football. It's yeah, um, modern football, I should say. If you put me on any Arsenal quiz, I end up coming last because of my knowledge of like the past is awful. But modern day football, quiz me all day long. Quiz me all day long. I'll do my best. Uh, Abhishek says, which player can we get realistically? who is in a team above us and would improve us. Would you look at someone like Wijnaldum or Martial? The thing is, Abhishek, whilst I think that the likes of Wijnaldum and, and Martial probably maybe improve us in those areas, they are surplus to Man United and to Liverpool. And I always look at the signings that we make. And the first question that pops into my head whenever Arsenal go to make a signing is, do or does this player or do these players get into the sides that are above us? If they don't get into the first 11s of the teams above us, are we going to get closer to them? That's not closing the gap in my mind. We're never going to close the gap unless we sign players that are going to get into those teams. That's what you need to consider whenever you link us to a player, wherever you look at a player. Do they get into the teams above us? If they do, that's certainly someone that should be. That should be the first test when it comes down to signing a player. That's why with Thomas Partey and Gabriel, I was so excited because I thought that Gabriel and Thomas Partey both got into those top six sides. So I would certainly be looking at that as your first port of call when it comes uh, to that. Um, we are about to wrap up. There are a couple of things I want to address quickly. The first thing is I haven't actually plugged this once, um, but this is a magazine that I write for, the football, Modern Footballer magazine. Um, oh, that made the green screen go a bit weird, didn't it? <laughs> um in, in it, there is a new one coming out very soon. This is issue number four. Issue number five is going to be coming out um, just before the Euros. Myself and Drew uh, contribute to it quite a lot. The last issue that we did, obviously I wrote about this guy, uh, Dominic Zoboslai, obviously. Um, that was my article in there. So if you want to go on to, uh, if you want to, there is, they've got their own Twitter account. So if you type in the Modern Footballer magazine, it, honestly, the, the stuff that's in here, there's, there's so much... Uh, stuff, lovely stuff about football. People talk about my football knowledge. It's from reading and, and learning about football and stuff like this. So please do go check out the Modern Footballer magazine. It's a great thing. And we've got a new one coming up where I've been commissioned for next issue to write about Kieran Tierney. So I'm buzzing to write about our, our Scotsman and uh, I'm looking forward to writing about him in the next issue, uh, of course. And uh, tomorrow morning, my interview with uh, Bruma, the Portuguese winger. Of course, a lot of you will probably know about him, played for Olympiacos. We played against him um, against Olympiacos in the Europa League, formerly of Sporting Lisbon, PSV, RB Leipzig, Galatasaray. I interviewed him yesterday, lovely guy, and my interview with him is coming out tomorrow uh, on 101 Great Goals. And I'm hopefully going to be interviewing a very, very uh, exciting Benfica youngster next week, which will also be coming out next week on 101 Great Goals as well. So make sure you check out that stuff. There's some really cool stuff going to be going on throughout the Euros at 101 too, uh, and there's some great content coming through there. So make sure you check out their stuff. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning as well for our uh, the Arsenal transfer show. I forgot for a second, but that comes out every morning at 8 a.m. So you can check that one out as well. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning for the next show. But it's been a pleasure speaking to you guys as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. 
perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.